Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers, past or present. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, My name is Kyle, and I'll be your host today. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic and that is really uh, how to use training as an enrichment tool. Uh, So we're really going to get into kind of how uh, training can be used as an enrichment tool, how enriching is training, uh, you know, does it vary by animal, Uh, all those things uh, we're going to get into today. Uh, I think this is a really important topic because a lot of animals Uh, they don't really get any training at all and there's a lot of animals that their enrichment program is almost exclusively training so going to be talking a little bit about that and kind of how to balance it out and how we can really uh, most effectively use uh, training methods as enrichment tools Um, so uh, with that let's uh, get started definition but this is really the most simple uh, definition there is for animal training So really, animal training is the act of teaching animals specific responses to specific conditions or stimuli. That's really, at the base of training, that's exactly what it is. So uh, that may seem very, very broad, uh, but that's really uh, kind of the essence of training that we're going to be talking about here. So generally, in a zoo and aquarium setting, Uh, Animal training is done through what's called operant conditioning and positive reinforcement training, uh, which means the trainer is adding something to the training session to reinforce a behavior, making it more likely to happen again the next time the trainer asks for the same behavior. What you add to the session often takes the form of a favorite food item or, you know, some other stimulus the animal likes. there can be certain animals say they're very very personable and they really like people Uh, things like you know you don't necessarily just have to use uh, food items Uh, you can give them uh, scratches something like that something that they like Uh, this is really the essence of positive reinforcement training and there's a whole kind of quadrant of reinforcement training we're not really going to be talking about that today mainly going to be focusing on positive reinforcement training because i think that's really what's going to be bringing the enrichment side into the training side. So really you can see with this kind of broad definition of training, animal training doesn't really stop in these kind of formal training sessions when you're actually going to train an animal. Uh, There's many instances where training is actually occurring outside of these formal training sessions. Uh, So really you're still training an animal to perform a behavior while you're not really sitting down and training them. Uh, For example, the animal may hear your keys jingle as you walk to their enclosure to give them food uh, and this has trained them to expect food when they hear the sound of keys 
so that's really training the by adding the sound of keys and giving them food at the end of it most of the time you're actually training them to expect that um, when you're when they're actually hearing the sound of your keys so the next thing that we're going to be talking about is the different types of training uh, in a zoo and aquarium setting so really there are roughly four main categories of most behaviors and training goals uh, that they fall into so there's basic husbandry advanced husbandry medical behaviors and then there's fun behaviors so in basic husbandry uh, these are really behaviors that make the daily husbandry of an animal uh, easier and less stressful so training animals to shift into a holding or another exhibit scale training station training those kind of things they make working with an animal a whole lot easier when they are able to be uh, shift trained and uh, stuff like that so then there's advanced husbandry so these are really uh, behaviors that are more advanced but still fall into the behavioral husbandry category uh, so crate training the animal so that it will so that it will willingly go into holding slash transport crate uh, trailer training uh, voluntary restraint training so these are things that are still kind of husbandry, but they are more advanced and uh, not necessarily always possible with a lot of animals. So then there's medical behaviors. Uh, so these are really behaviors that will benefit the medical care of the animal. Things like voluntary injection training, voluntary blood draw training, uh, nail and hoof trims, voluntary eye drop training. Those kind of things that are still advanced, but are specifically geared toward uh, medical uh medical diagnosis and kind of medical checkups of the animal that you're working with so then there's fun behaviors uh, these are behaviors that have no real purpose other than relationship building and uh, say kind of inducing a natural behavior in an animal so these can be fun for the animal and the trainer so things like vocalizations on command retrieval behaviors um, wave, waving and other anthropomorphic movements uh, those can be kind of considered under that fun category uh, the topic of training is also typically very uh, jargon heavy so uh, if you're confused by any of the words that are being used uh, in this podcast or you want to learn a little bit more about these words because uh, you've kind of heard some of these training terms come up before the American Association of Zookeepers uh, put together a great PDF containing many of the important terms uh, needing to know that you need to know when training an animal. Uh, so you can find that on their website in the members section. So the next thing we're, we're going to be talking about now that we kind of have a basic understanding of the uh, different behaviors and kind of different uh, subdomains of these behaviors, we're going to be talking about the benefits of animal training. So investing time in animal training is immensely beneficial for both the animal subject and the trainer for many reasons. Uh, the first obvious benefit of participating in training an animal is the growing the bond between animal and trainer. You know, every time you're completing a successful positive reinforcement training session and sometimes a unsuccessful, you know, even if they don't train, uh, you're showing the animal uh, that interactions with you are positive ones. Every time, you know, they don't involve anything scary or negative, just positivity and rewards. Everything, every time they see you, it's all sunshine and rainbows, you know? So really getting that in the animal's head is gonna build up the 
trust that animal has in you. Um, and it's really going to uh, make it significantly more positive in the day-to-day -day husbandry of that animal. And kind of building on this, another major benefit of a well-trained animal comes specifically as a benefit of medical-based training. Um, this is really, really important because when an animal has been trained to perform things like voluntary injections, it can have an immensely positive impact on the animal's stress levels. Uh, when they're going through these uh, medical procedures, uh, they don't really need to be darted or otherwise restrained for medical procedures. Uh, you know, these things happen every single year. A lot of animals are getting yearly checkups, so investing the time and building these medical-based behaviors uh, willingly and positively uh, can really make these medical procedures so much less stressful for the animals involved and for the staff as well. You're not worried about an animal freaking out or the dart hitting somewhere where it shouldn't. Uh, everything goes a whole lot smoother. So now that we've kind of really talked about um, some of the you know, kind of superficial benefits of animal training, uh, the really obvious easy benefits uh, we're kind of this kind of raises the question of whether or not training can actually be used as a form of enrichment so there's an article on uh, enrichment.org uh, by the way if you want any of the articles or any of the references that I talk about in this uh, podcast uh, you can check out the article the accompanying article under the same name on my website wildenrichment.com uh, everything will be in the article there and will be easily accessible and you can uh, check out these articles for yourself or if you want to use them later uh, it's good to have so uh, I explored an article uh, by enrichment.org very well-known uh, enrichment company um, and this was really a comparison of enrichment and training uh, and how it's done and kind of explained through looking at reinforcers, outcomes, control, and the opportunities provided in an enrichment session compared to a training session. So really basically, uh, based on their analysis, they came to the conclusion that the main difference between an enrichment session and a training session is control. So in an enrichment session, the animal has the choice to interact with whatever response deems necessary in a scenario. For example, if you give a tiger a ball with catnip rubbed on it, a tiger may walk right by the ball and do nothing, or and then the next day uh, it may bat the ball around its enclosure for the next hour. So uh, really, uh, there's they can really pick what they want to do in that specific scenario. Whereas in a training session, the outcomes are all controlled by the trainer. If a trainer asks for that same tiger to sit, it must sit in order to get the reinforcement, which is also controlled by the trainer. Um, so this is uh, the foundation of positive reinforcement training. So, and although the that article describes enrichment and training as two separate events, I really believe that when done correctly, training can be used as a great form of cognitive and social enrichment for the animal being trained. So, and I talked about a article published uh, in the Journal of Applied Animal Behavior Science, um, and it really argues that training should be classified as an, as an enrichment technique based on several criteria. The first criteria uh, being that the training gives the animal more control over its environment. So training does, does this by allowing the animal to be trained 
to cooperate in otherwise stressful situations such as veterinary procedures and through operant conditioning allows the animal to understand the consequences uh, for various behaviors. So another criteria described in the article gives uh, is giving the animal choice when using positive reinforcement training since there are no punishments or negative reactions when giving an animal uh, a training session and when it does not perform the behavior being asked or decides not to participate positive reinforcement training can actually be seen as giving the animal training uh, a lot of choice uh, you know to see what happens when it reacts to a training command and what reaction results in a positive reward uh, there's a third criteria uh, discussed in the article and that is uh, Seeking to achieve the food-based reward for a correct behavioral response, the animal is actually exhibiting a foraging type behavior during a training session. Uh, so we actually do talk about uh, foraging uh, time and how to increase that, and training was definitely one of the uh, things that we talked about there. So you can also check that out on my website. It's called Foraging Times in Zoos and Aquariums and Contra Freeloading in Zoos and Aquariums. So you can look that up if you want to read more about that. We also have podcasts about those. So um, the final criteria is that training acts as a cognitive enrichment for the animal being trained. Uh, they are presented with a problem, uh, in this case a cue, that they need to provide the correct behavioral response to elicit a reward for doing so. Traditional animal care relies on escape and avoidance technique techniques for to perform basic husbandry uh, tax, tasks such as shifting, whereas positive reinforcement techniques allow the animal to have more control over their environment and their emotional well-being. And when this is done properly, it can easily be considered enriching for the animal being trained. Uh, there is even evidence that this choice and control granted by positive reinforcement training may even be enriching for hard to enrich animals such as reptiles. So I think really with that we can really conclusively say that training definitely can be enriching for an animal and even if the animal doesn't necessarily consider the actual training session enriching I think really the benefits and the lifestyle consequences of training for that animal is in turn enriching for it. So being able to uh, have a smoother husbandry routine, uh, more positive interactions with people, that is in itself is enriching for the animal. So even if necessarily an animal doesn't like the training session, uh, it doesn't find it that stimulating or enriching, I think uh, the consequences are definitely enriching. So now that we've really decided that this is enrichment, um, how much training should you do? You know, I've seen so many enrichment programs that involve almost all training and then enrichment programs that involve almost no training and all environmental enrichment. So really, which is the right way to structure an enrichment program? And I really think this is going to depend a lot on the actual specific animal that you are working with. Uh, but I really think, um, as we've talked about many, many times on my website and in this podcast, I think uh, variety is an extremely important factor in an enrichment program, and that goes for the training portion of it as well. So really that principle of uh, training, um, that principle of variety can also be applied to training. 
and each behavior can be thought as a different enrichment device or technique. So if you have an animal that has a very established behavior such as sit, and you were asking that animal uh, that behavior every single day, uh, I really don't think that that behavior is necessarily still enriching for that animal. Um, you know, the process of training might be enriching for that animal, but that actual behavior is probably uh, pretty overplayed for the animal. So the animal is still going to interact with a trainer and receive positive reinforcement for a correct response. Uh, but these simple, well-established behaviors may not be as enriching as new, more complex behaviors. So with this in mind, it's an important, it's really important to consider training like at like only really one tool in your enrichment toolbox, you know, and trying to incorporate as much variety and creativity into each animal enrichment program as possible. So just to summarize, training does equal enrichment. Uh, you know, based on the above sections, it's clear that training is in fact a form of enrichment and should be treated as just one part of an overarching behavioral husbandry program. You know, positive reinforcement training provides the animal with choice in its environment through training various husbandry behaviors as well as medical behaviors. And these types of behaviors also benefit the animal welfare uh, significantly by reducing day-to-day -day stress. So training should be approached as one very powerful tool in an animal care professional's enrichment toolbox. And individual behaviors should be thought as the same way as an enrichment device. Variety is one of the most important components of a successful enrichment program, and therefore variety needs to be employed in a training program in order for it to be as enriching as possible. As I mentioned before, one of the best things about training animal is not only it is enriching for the animal being trained, but it can also be extremely enriching for, so for the trainer. So get out there and incorporate some training into your enrichment program. All right, guys. Well, that is pretty much it for the podcast today. <clears throat> I'd really like to thank you guys for listening and thank you for listening to the whole thing. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you have any questions at all, you can definitely uh, check out our website for some of the accompanying information with this podcast for other enrichment and training resources. I've got a bunch up on the resource page if you guys want to check that out as well as the article. We also update our articles as frequently as possible as well as podcasts. Uh, so if you want to stay up to date with that, the best way to do it is to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Post on there pretty regularly and make sure you guys are updated. Another great way, uh, which is pretty new, is to subscribe to our enrichment newsletter. So if you want enrichment sent right to your mailbox, then go to our website and sign up for our enrichment newsletter. Uh, if you guys have any questions at all, you can always hit the contact us button on the website or contact me on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Wild Enrichment on both platforms. Uh, so thank you guys so much for uh, listening and I really hope to see you guys again soon. Thank you.